welcome. Today on the cast, we're going to be joined by a special guest as we finish out our recounting of the TTS Season 7 League. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So, typically on the cast, we have three people making our table rather triangular. Today, we decided to add another side to this table to make it a bit closer to a round table and have a discussion with a special guest from another podcast named Will. Well, the podcast isn't named Will. His name is Will. His podcast is named House Party Protocol. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well. And I'm going to say that I'd say we're more like a quadrilateral yeah. Uh, it, than a circle situation yeah. right now, than a round table? Well, you know, it's not round yet, but if we add more sides, the more sides we get, the closer to being round it'll look when you zoom out, right? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like, we're not true. there yet, but we're getting there. Baby steps. Baby, Baby steps. steps. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Uh, we also have our two regulars, Sooner. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Excellent. You're you're truly the people's champion for us right now. We'll, we'll kind of get into that a little bit, I think. Uh, and I'm also joined by Matthew. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. I just uh, finished watching Apocalypse Now for the first time, and I feel great. I've oh, wait, never hang, seen that movie. Hang on. The redo or the regular? The redo. Interesting. What? And it's your first time, and the first time you've ever seen it is the redo, huh? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> okay. No, I'm scared. <laughs> I like how it's just left it interesting. Uh, well, I mean, look, so th- this is not what this podcast is about. But if it you've never now. seen the original cut, the redo adds things that are semi-superfluous. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, I like the redo because I just always like more stuff. But if you go and you watch the regular version, it's a way more concise movie, way less kind of just unnecessary stuff. Sounds like the extended versions of the Lord of the Rings. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, which is not not to say anything bad. I, that's the only versions I've watched. So it was a very long movie. Oh you know yes. <laughs> well, anyway, like I said, we're going to be talking about not Apocalypse Now or the Lord of the Rings. Um, we're going to be talking about Tabletop Simulator League Season Seven. Uh, of which we've all had varying degrees of success, I believe. So we all played vastly different things. Uh, so let's actually get started right into that. Um, uh, we'll start with our guest, Will. How did you, what did you play and how did you do this season? Well, I played Convocation and I kind of, I don't want to say limited myself in a sense, but like I played Convocation and I played like, no matter what, I'm playing Strange and Voodoo, with the exception of the very last match. <laughs> and I guess that explains a lot. But uh-uh. uh, I was like, you know, Strange Supreme is the fuel to this engine that makes the engine go around. So I have to have Strange, the better Strange, uh, if we're being honest, every single match. And then Voodoo was was pretty much in an every single match situation unless the opportunity just really presented itself for him not to be there. And up until the very last match, that didn't happen. So Voodoo and Strange were like kind of 
the the fuel and the oil to make everything kind of flow if you will and i'd say i had a very successful season i went uh i made the cuts so what is that five and one at least and, yeah yeah so i went five and one and criminal syndicate ate my lunch for my one loss and then i lost my first round matchup in cuts to a guardians team that um played really well you know it was it was a really good game he was able to just throw enough dice to finally table me it's literally the first time i've ever been tabled in crisis protocol was right at the first round of cuts so it can happen it was a very good game but it was very brutal (laughs) yeah yeah but it was fun it has been a great season like I, i would say it's been a resounding success of a season for me especially coming from someone who has more or less been casual with like a sprinkling of competitive in there every once in a while, you know, kind of play for fun, you know, goof off, try to try to play a little bit here and there. But most of the time, it's mostly like just casual fun stuff and like really trying to turn up the energy to get that competitive level going there. Um, and, you know, I got a shout out to you there, Merzane. It was a big, big help with some of the stuff you did. And we talked about on my podcast, helping me get to that point, you know? Yep. And for those who don't know, we had a, uh, a series every week detailing all of our games, uh, which turned into only your games because I flubbed out really quick. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It happens. You know, it, it worked out. Those would have been three hour episodes if you hadn't have flubbed it. So the it listeners appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's go uh, talk about being a little more casual, making cuts. Let's hit our other uh, member who made cuts, uh, who is also a one time TTS league champion sooner how about you tell us about your season thus far yeah season's going pretty good uh i went back to my roots and played wakanda wanted to um play something that i felt uh, other people were not going to be playing and uh, i really enjoy wakanda what actually inspired me playing wakanda to be honest is our episode on gamers guild yes Uh, yeah we uh we had a um, you know, it's funny cause the week before we did an Asgard episode and I was all pumped about playing Asgard. Um, at that time though, I wasn't going to play in the league this season. And then the following week, um, was kind of when the, the league was due and we had just talked about Wakanda and I had gotten really excited about playing Wakanda after, you know, us talking and, and kind of dojoing it. And then I ended up uh, last minute signing up for the league and chose to go with Wakanda. And it's been good so far. I, uh, I went five and one in the uh, regular season, lost to coffee time. Who's an excellent, excellent player. I uh, was able to make it into cuts and uh, spoiler alert. I'm still going in cuts. Still going. So I've, uh, won my first two games and I play my top eight game on in two days. Uh, what are you playing against? In two days? I'm playing against guardians, which guardians. there's, uh, there's eight people left. Uh, and three of them are guardians and three of them are brotherhood. And then there's the lone Wakanda and the lone web warriors. Nice. This isn't the same, the same guardians player that we discussed a second ago, is it? I do not believe so, no. Okay. Well, hopefully the uh, Guardian's kryptonite does not also affect you. Uh, I feel like you're pretty confident, though. I feel like in, your, in the way much we've talked about, you're pretty confident in this. 
Uh, I mean, look, Guardians is a tough because they have dice modification and they roll a lot of dice. So, you know, a lot of it comes down to variance. Um, I've been practicing. I've been playing a lot, which is, uh, to be honest, different for me. So, I mean, I, I do feel good about my game and where my game's at and that I can, you know, put a good challenge on the table and we'll just see what happens. Awesome. Yeah. And I look forward to the game. Uh, it'll be done by the time this comes out, but I'm really excited to maybe not be able to watch it because I'll be doing my, my in-person games, but definitely excited to hear about it and uh, get your feedback afterwards. Uh, let's go on to Matthew. Uh, how did you do and what did you play? So I played Avengers. Um, most, I had Sam in my list, but every game was a Steve Avengers. I was, I really wanted to come into the league and play one of my favorite characters in Steve Rogers. And he got the buffs in the new rules. So I really wanted to take him for a spin. Uh, I ended up just missing out on cuts going four and two. And I, but I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of good games and I learned a lot of stuff along the ways especially about how interactions work with Steve and what he can do. And I was still learning up to my last game about different plays I could make. Was a lot of the Steve, um, the reason you wanted to play Steve was because of the changes specifically, or were you already looking at Steve before the erratas to him? I mean, I've ever since I started playing this game, I've been dabbling into Steve Avengers here and there, but I always never really could. I never could make it work because it always felt like Steve wasn't doing much and for four threat investing four threat just for an amazing leadership, but somebody who you really just need to get lucky in order to do anything with. It, it wasn't really something I could bring to a competitive setting, um, but great for fun. And, you know, last season I went with Sam uh, Avengers because I like Avengers. So I, that was, that was a route that I could go and be you know successful, but um, now that I knew that Steve got buffed and he was very good, I felt he made some really good small changes, but really impactful changes to his character that he can really be a presence and something that creates more puzzles for my opponent. So this was my opportunity going Steve. Yeah. I, I think it's funny before he was errated officially when we saw, before we even saw, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam. I'd always thought, you know, if all he if all he did was they gave his shield throw, like you gain a single power, I feel like he's great because then he can bodyguard more often, like a Koye. And then they added it to Sam, and I'm like, look, Sam got it too. Like, why why can't Steve have this? And now he has it too. And so it all worked out. And he has it, and he and he got he's, more dice too. Yeah, on top of his ability, like push and throw bigger things and other stuff. Like he's just. I mean, he he is a super soldier after all. He needed the extra die. Yeah, and then also being able to push size three and stuff like that was, it, it all feels so much better. They did those little bitty changes go, have gone such a long way to making him feel so much more fleshed out. Yeah, well, I agree. Uh, I guess I'll talk about mine. I went the exact opposite of you. I went two and four. Uh, I played Midnight Suns for five games, and then in my last round, uh, my opponent and I decided to play different things besides the lists we had in the game. Uh, so I played Web Warriors and he played, uh, uh, ooh, what was it he played? I don't remember what he played. I just remember it was a Hulkbuster and Hulk and some big boys. 
Did you win the Web Warriors game? I did win that game. Okay. Um, I played Thanos with that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We just had a really, a really chill kickback game. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I kind of, uh, when I built my list, I acknowledged that my weaknesses were probably going to mostly be Black Order and Criminal Syndicate, maybe a little bit of Brotherhood. So I tried to shore up those weaknesses as best I could and pilot the list as well as I could. And my first uh, two rounds were Criminal Syndicate. Um, I won the first one, lost the second one. It's okay, still in the running. Game three was versus X-Force, and I lost again and was out of the running. Uh, so not not my best showing for the league. Uh, I think for me, Midnight Suns isn't quite what I wanted it to be. and isn't quite where in the meta I want it to be. So this is a little sad, but uh, at least everyone else has had a lot more success than I have. I've got to live vicariously through Will, especially. Well, Josh, <laughs> what 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 one change do you think Midnight Suns could do to be a, just a little bit more in the meta? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it. I feel like. Maybe a good two threat that's not Wong or maybe another good beater that's not five points because a lot of their stuff tends to run them very tall and kind of either sits at like the the midline of support and being a beater, which they want more beaters or just being like your support. Um, it's really hard to like, like they have this weird mix of, of both and I like, I don't know. I feel like there's a way to lean one way or the other. It'd work out like for a control slash support or just a straight beats. For a second there, it sounded like you were besmirching the good name of Wong. I'm going to need you to no. take that back. No, no. <laughs> I think Wong is great. I became obsessed with Wong in my second half. And I still think he's great. Uh, it's just there were lots of games where I wanted someone who had a little bit more direct impact to the board state, which his is all in the background. Um, which is fine in a lot of matchups. But there's times where I really needed like one more character to get output with uh, Siege of Darkness to really feel good. But I also needed a two threat in affiliation. So it was just weird. There's just no weird spot like with the, with other affiliations doing their job better, like Brotherhood and Black Order 2. Affili- uh, attrition lists, they're like the golden standard and Midnight Suns is right below them. Um, so it was kind of one of those things. If I want to play attrition, there's better. So I'm, I'm, I'm stuck without a home looking for what I want to do next. And you're trying to steal my thunders. What I hear. I, I have five lists built in my, uh, list builder app that I don't know which one I'm going to run yet, but a uh, convocation <laughs> is one of them. I've got convocation and Avengers <laughs> and uh, three others. <laughs> Is, so, one, is one of them Wakanda? Are you trying to steal all of our thunder? I haven't done Wakanda. It, no you offense. Need, you get your dirty hands off of them. Well, I've already copied sooner once, so I can't do it again. <laughs> when I played when I played Sam, I was copying sooner. Everyone uh, was copying sooner when they played Sam. True. Godfather Sam spam baby. Heck yeah, man. Well, this is more general. Oh. Let's kind of move on from that a little bit. Let's kind of look more wide picture or 
big picture, wide angle. Uh, so before this league, towards the end of the last league, there were some changes to the game. We've, we've mentioned it a lot in our casts and a little bit in this cast. There were some major errata to some characters and their affiliations, the cards, and then also some changes to the way that crises were selected at the beginning of the game that have made a huge impact on the game. Um, just kind of wondering, what, how have you guys felt about what they've added or taken away from the game? Have their changes been something that you've enjoyed? Um Anything like that. Let's start. Let's go in reverse order this time. We'll go with Matthew first. Uh, so I would say the biggest change that it affected me is that uh, it gives me a lot more uh, pre-game agita. <laughs> just spending a lot of the game time. Is that just... a word? Yeah, that's a word. That's I've a word. never heard that word. Yeah, I'm it's... from Alabama. You're going to have to t- use smaller words. Uh, anxiety? <laughs> okay. That... Okay. And so I just, just sitting and thinking about all the possible permutations. Like usually in like the last season, you would go and I'd be like, okay, if I win prio, then I'm going to do this one or it's going to be this one. And then everything else doesn't really matter. And if I don't win prio, then, you know, here are the, here's a couple of scenarios that are probably going to happen, but I can kind of boil down this matchup to like three or four scenarios. And half the time, because of that, people were sharing the same kinds of tactics cards and people were sharing the same kinds of crises. And it was kind of stale, to be honest. And now, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I, 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 and I built my list for the same reason to try and counter any kind of problem. And one thing I definitely learned from the season and playing all these games with these new rule set is really practicing on just the in-game decision-making that I think the rules, the new rules really promote. Like you can have all the plans you want. And even if you guess the right crises, there's just so much that's now up in the air that you can't, unless you're like some super computer brain, you just can't put it all together. You know, you can plan as much as you can, but when you're in there, you got to get better at in-game decisions. And that's something I'm, I'm still working on getting better at. And that, that had the most impact on me. Yeah, I, I think that we're all probably going to be touching mostly on the crisis changes. I think that they're the most wide reaching in for every single game. Uh, what about you, Sooner? Any, uh, how, have the, how has the recent 1.5, as people have called it, affected your game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I like it. I mean, I think you, when you're thinking about your roster choices, you uh, adjust a little bit because before you just knew you needed two out of three um, because you would be guaranteed one where now it could be any of the three. So you got to be a little, um, I don't want to say a little more neutral, but a little more um, making sure all three of those choices would be uh, viable uh, for your roster. Um, I like Matthew. I do think it increases um, better gameplay on the actual table because you never know what crisis combat uh, combination you get, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I feel like uh, that is kind of one of my strengths in MCP is uh, being able to adjust and uh, make changes on the fly on the table. Uh, so I've enjoyed it. Um, 
it's also something different. Um, I think overall it's a, it's a good change. Um, you can get put in some bad situations without the agency to always choose, but you know, that's, that's the nature of the beast. And you know, that's kind of a fun part of building the roster is trying to make sure that, you know, any, any combination you get, you actually have a decent team you can put on the table that will be able to play that game. Yeah. So the, I feel like the old style of crisis selection was your two, your two base. I think you touched on a little bit. Your, your two that you plan on playing almost all the time. And then one dump stat crisis or one that's like this very specific matchup that you don't really feel really confident in, but you bring this one crisis to help shore it up. That's kind of what you're, you're feeling like it's sort of avoiding now. Yeah. And I mean, like, so I'm playing Wakanda. So Wakanda is decent at everything. Um, they don't really have, in my opinion, a real big weakness. I'm trying to think me, uh, I don't think they will have a real secure that they, they really just dislike. And I think the ones they're really good at are the ones you just kind of sit on and you score. Well, I'm not playing any of those outside of gamma in my list because my list of secure crisis is purely a counter meta pick. I a hundred percent chose my crises because I said, look, I'm Wakanda and I can play them and I can play them better than the teams that I'm worried about. And, uh, so, I mean, I chose, you know, two flip secures, which are not uh, historically great for Wakanda. And then, of course, Gamma, just because, I mean, Wakanda is super good in Gamma. Um, and so, I mean, if you look at my picks, it doesn't even really matter my squad. I picked my, my picks just for to counterpick the meta, not even that what my squad was like exceptional at. Right. I think that's an interesting way to look at your crises rather than feeling confident that you can do everything. So what are you, what are your opponents worse at? Is I feel like it's a really cool way to look at it. Well, also it's just, it, it, it really forces you to do that. Like it used to be, if you were worried about web warriors or, you know, criminal syndicate or brotherhood or any of that stuff, you would have, you know, like one in your roster, maybe like one that's there. It's a hard counter and one that they're not good at, but, you can still do well on, but now like you're, you're almost forced when building your roster to have like all counters, because if you go in there, you have no control over what goes up there anymore. So you don't want to go up there and have infinity formula because Wakanda is really good at infinity formula. And so is uh, Avengers are very good at infinity formula. And then suddenly uh, that's the one that gets pulled, even though your other two picks would counter, you just have to now just go all in. Yeah, I, I definitely experienced a little bit of that this league where you think, oh, there's one of my crisis in this is is the problem I don't want to pull. And one of their crisis is the problem I don't want to pull. If I don't pull those, I feel really good. And then you pull both of those and you feel really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Will, how do you feel about these, uh, about the 1.5 changes? Well, I... You know, we've we've talked a lot about the crisis stuff, and I agree pretty much with what you guys have said about it. And I, I think that that's the obvious in terms of a competitive aspect of things. That's the obvious thing that's changed so much. And for me, it's more, you know, 
trying to just put myself in the best position and with how I set up my convocation for the first half of the league and really up until the cuts is is really when I made changes, which is probably the worst time to make changes. The best but time, you mean? Nevertheless, <laughs> it's when I made the most changes. But I I tried to set myself up as the like, okay, no one's going to have an answer for all this mystic shenanigans I'm going to be able to do. So why don't I just try to fight it out with people and then like gain an edge where I can gain an edge. Like that was kind of my philosophy and like the entirety of the time I'm sweating bullets. If I'm going to run into black order or brotherhood, luckily I didn't. So I literally all the way through avoided those two bad matchups, but it was, I learned a lot through all of that. And that's why I made some of the, the changes I made when I went to cuts and one of the things that you guys mentioned was, you know, counterpicking versus, you know, trying to make everything you have good for you and maybe the one thing that's bad for, for somebody else and stuff like that. And what I started to kind of think about was like, all right, maybe something like sword base and something like um, – the senators right where it's 14 threat like maybe i try to make my opponent uncomfortable on threat value like okay if you win priority there's still a chance i'm gonna pull a nasty threat value for you you know what i mean like most Mm -hmm. people aren't comfortable playing on those lower threats right now in the current setup like matthew i would imagine you're pretty okay with it because you can throw Sam out there. Uh, sooner, I would assume you're probably okay with it too as Wakanda because you have enough control. But nevertheless, I feel like that there's plenty of matchups out there where they don't want to see something like that with such a low threat value, right? Yeah, definitely. So that was just kind of a thought process that I had about it. And that was where the changes kind of shifted for me at the end there. But overall, I liked to just... I think that the the crisis setup is ultimately like a more fair situation in terms of, like you said, it makes the in-game decision-making so much more pivotal. And you have to get the reps in with all these different crisis combinations if you want to be successful. You know, so like you can't just say, well, I'm never going to play Legacy Virus. I don't ever want to play Legacy Virus. I hate that crisis Well, if you're trying to play competitively, you need to have a plan to potentially see Legacy Virus because some Brotherhood player out there is going to have it in their roster. Mm -hmm. Oh, you had to bring up Legacy Virus. (laughs) Uh, PTSD on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I scored eight points. I'm just saying. I still remember that. Yeah. But that's like, I think, what makes it interesting and why, for me, I think that these crisis changes are ultimately a good thing when at first it was kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be good, going to be bad, you know, there's so much less control, but I think that it takes an aspect out of the game that was like for the, for the, for the higher level competitive players, right? Like you could grab your crisis and you could say, this is a great crisis for me and a terrible one for you. And, and it's not auto win, but it makes your decision-making on the tabletop that much easier Whereas it makes it a lot like that diceless situation. Whereas now you're, you still have to make the right decision. You still have to say, okay, well, this is a perfect setup for me, 
but there's also a perfect setup with the extract that my opponent got. So now it's, am I going to be able to make these right decisions here versus my opponent making the right decisions for them? And I think that that just makes for a much more exciting game and, and that kind of stuff. And then let's not, not gloss over the fact that the person that loses priority gets to choose the threat value now. Cause yes. I, I, I think that is such a huge boon to the player that doesn't have priority. Yeah. And I, and, I yeah. definitely think that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, we've pulled these two crises, this threat value, 16 threat value. I'm looking at black order and I don't want to play that. So let's play something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, yeah. No more of the, Oh, I won priority. So I'm going to trap you into the, the scenario I want with the point cost. I want now, exactly. Uh, now, the priority loser has uh, control of the point value and then the side of the, of the map, which could be really impactful on certain, uh, certain terrain setups. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I think that the overall, the changes were good. I think the crisis one is the biggest change, but there's other little changes throughout that kind of, I think add, add everything into crisis protocol being arguably at its healthiest state. It's been since it released. Awesome. Well, let's uh, segue this a little bit um, into back into specifically things with the league, because uh, I think that was a really important thing to touch on because it was such a major part. We might get a little bit more discussion a little bit later with some other topics, but uh, I want to hear, this is for everybody. Let's just kind of open the floor up. What are some memorable moments or games that you guys experienced or saw during the league? Not necessarily stuff for you, like stuff that you did. I thought that you did is fine, but what are some things that maybe you saw, like some interesting matchups or some surprising uh, combinations of characters or, or whatever? Don't tell I mean, me nothing. I mean, nothing at all. There's nothing. Nothing was interesting. Boring season. No, actually, uh, I don't want to, not to to blow a lot of spoke on our uh, our guest here, but honestly, one of the most memorable uh, and impactful things to me is Will's performance and a lot of that is because i remember back in season six when i played will and he was just starting out with convocation and he was still learning it and and i beat him Mm -hmm. and then seeing how he stuck to it and he continued to work on it and fine-tune it and practice and put in the reps and the work and it just shows that putting in that kind of work and focusing can really pay dividends in this game you know that he goes from his performances that he's had in the past and then he comes into this season with all the work that he's done with convocation which is a really tough affiliation to play and and then make cuts and do really well in his games i've watched his games he made me play convocation games because i was thought how fun it was seeing will play those games and be successful and that and honestly that is one of the biggest things because you see a lot of people who play these games and you see the the same names go up into the cuts and that's you know it's almost it's almost expected you know they do what they do but it's seeing that if you put in the work you can have success definitely yeah it, i being knocked out so quick at having the series to talk with Will and get like 
kind of in-depth, like real, like it made me a lot more invested than because we were actively talking about it each week. And, uh, you know, like I, I was pretty sure sooner was going to make it. I was really confident you would make it. And then unfortunately you didn't make it either. And I'm sorry. Legacy virus. Legacy virus. <laughs> but it was really exciting. I remember there were some nights I was like, you had a couple that were really late. And I was just like sitting in bed like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cheering in my mind because my wife's asleep and I don't want to wake her. Uh, watching you like make these plays and like it, that's to I guess to me, that's what it feels like watching a sporting event because I really don't get that way with sports. Like, oh no, I'm cheering. Well, I appreciate that, fellas. Yeah, it's been it's been a heck of a season, and uh, it's it's been tough, <laughs> tough the, to say the least. The inverse is my most memorable was uh, losing in round three, and then uh, the the immediate shift to now I'm just gonna have fun, and uh, my round six opponent was a, a blast. Uh, we just like I said, we just played this really fun uh, game where we were just kind of casual and talking and making sure that we were both having fun. Uh, and it was just, it was just a lot of fun. It was a uh, very invigorating after such a, uh, a down season. Uh, and when we're like my fifth round, I had to forfeit for like, if it was personal issues or scheduling issues, I can't remember which one, but I had to forfeit one game too, that I was already on a losing streak and then getting a casual game in win or lose. It was still great. Well, Sooner and Will, what are, what are some of your memorable moments from this season? Non-Will related, please. We, can't, we can only do so much Will. I mean, look, you can you can just continue to lavish praise on me. It's fine. I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Sooner, you want to go first? Uh, I think for me, the, the kind of biggest storyline um, of the season was, um, you know, Matthew mentioned earlier, a lot of times it's a lot of the similar same names in top cut. And this year was not that, that same, uh, all the top names in the top cut. We had uh, a lot of people who are usually there, uh, who, who lost and did not make it. Um, so it was kind of cool to see the community kind of stepping up. I think this is probably the hardest season or one of the hardest seasons yet, um, and just seeing all a bunch of new faces and new people uh, making the cut, um, that was really cool. Um, I think it just kind of shows how much the uh, MCP community has grown and how, how good all the players are getting. Um, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I almost lost my most memorable game was my first game. Um, I got uh, in, incredibly close to losing that game. Uh, it was uh, a, a player named Wright Mad. And, uh, I mean, he played a really, really good game. He took out my Hulk, um, first activation of round two. Um, so I am playing basically six points down the entire game. And, uh, I mean, I was able to just barely squeeze it out. Um, and that was a, a very challenging game and a very fun game. He was a very good opponent. Um, so I would say those are the kind of my biggest, uh, highlights and takeaways of the season. Yeah. I, I, I also enjoyed watching a lot of people step up and make it to cuts uh, a little bit more as an agent of chaos, though, sort of a, a spiteful little creature saying, well, if I didn't make it, I don't want these guys that have also made it to not make it to. 
But also, I, it's just it's just interesting to me to see new faces make it. Like, uh, I watch uh, BattleBots, for example, and uh, what typically happens in there is the same bots always make it to the, the final cuts or whatever. And I'm always, even if it's my favorite sometimes, I'm always cheering for like, yeah, that guy with the stupid robot, I want him to win. <laughs> I want him to make it. Because I don't want to see this guy win again. And it was a yeah, little bit of that this season. Like it's it's the underdog. I mean, most yeah. people, you know, root for the underdog. It's just kind of natural. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and it's it feels like, and a lot of it, I think, might have been, like you said, the the community is getting a lot better. Uh, the big the big errata really shook up a lot and and brought a lot of the power levels closer to even and gives everyone more of a fighting chance. I think. Um, so it really became like everyone's game and not just the people who were on the cutting edge of these really stupid plays and really weird strategies. It was just whatever you brought. If you were good enough, you could make it. Uh, yeah. Will. Uh, you know, I, I have, um, I've said that I've blocked out all of the memories from this cause it was so stressful, but, uh, Really, I have nothing but good memories from this season. And, you know, the the impact moments for me, you know, seeing making making the cut is it's insane. I did not like I said at the beginning, I never thought I would be like a competitive player. And then like making that concerted effort, really trying to put in that work, really trying to say like, you know, Anyone that knows me knows that I love the Web Warriors. It's one of my favorite things, right? But I never really like played them hard competitive. I just think they're really fun. And when Convocation came out, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to play this. This looks cool. It looks different. And it's like a puzzle. And I want to solve this puzzle. And being able to play with them and and really kind of dig deep on, on what they do and how they do. And, and, seeing all the fun things that they can do is really great and then another reason why i really like playing them especially this season was because there's not a lot of people playing convocation and and i think that it's kind of like what sooner said at the beginning there playing something that is not gonna be everywhere i think is really fun and exciting and like i i've you know kind of gives you that little bit of a sense of accomplishment when you do something with this faction that people are like, Oh, they're trash or, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, not great or they're, they're hard and you can't win with them. Whatever kind of conversation people want to have. I don't know if any people is having that conversation or not about convocation, but it, it still feels nice to be able to, to do that. But in terms of like the very memorable moments, I mean, every match had something that was memorable, but the two biggest like things were i think it was my next to the last match and how wong put some respect on his name was just like blocking everything that ghost rider had you know and look maybe ghost rider wasn't rolling great dice but that's not neither here nor there the point is that wong was like not having it that day Long first of his name <laughs> held the line exactly exactly and and it was just it was fun to see wong was super amounts of mvp kept hulk breathing you know which was wonderful kept strange alive it was just it was all so great and then probably uh the next most exciting thing and one of the matches i'll remember forever is the match at the very end to make the cut it was uh me and uh, quote my name, 
and it was, to say the least, an epic battle. A very it, long uh, one, too. <laughs> exactly. Like uh, it would, if you have a VHS player back in the day, it would have been a two taper. Yes. You, you know? could watch this game, or you could watch Titanic. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, a really fun and exciting and crazy match, and just all, all of it was just great. It's you know memorable moments abound of just dice rolls or moves. You know, I know another memorable moment. Goodness, I'm just I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot here, but whatever. Um, <laughs> this is actually your podcast, didn't you? Is <laughs> what is what it is. Okay, uh, is the the one I lost and finding out later how everyone in chat was freaking out about <laughs> the, the decisions I was making because and, and that match taught me so much though about like tilt and about you know focusing and and thinking about your moves thinking your moves through finding your way to win and stuff like that and but it was just funny like talking to people that were watching that and and seeing the reactions that people were having and it's like you you know cheering for the underdog thing and i just it just felt nice to to have that kind of i don't know people being like oh no one was like oh what an idiot it was like oh man like we thought he was gonna make this decision and he didn't you know what i mean it's it's hard to explain unless you've been there but it's one of those like it just meant a lot to see the 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 people enjoying what they were seeing even if it was me making bad decisions you know what i mean yeah exactly well, if no one else has any big moment, and that's the thing, like, I feel like this game, like, feeds into, like, really memorable, cool cinematic moments. Like, the swinginess of the dice, the way things just play out, like, you just have the most wild stuff happen. I'm like, pretty sure that's the design intent. If you yeah. if you ask the Wills, they're going to be like, yeah, cinematic moments, got it. Like, I, I could tell you, like, there's probably a memorable moment from almost every game I've ever played. One of the ones that sticks out to me is a, the time my, I always just put worded as my Wong killed Lanza's Hulk. He did like two or three damage to him or whatever, but it's still like this really funny thought of like Wong just standing there and going, ah, I see Hulk bop <laughs> <laughs> doing the last two damage and just finishing off the Hulk. Yes. Yes. That the speaking of Hulk, that does remind me of one of the games I lost and I had Hulk roll 15 dice into a beast and really, the only thing I needed from that 15 dice attack was just one wild, and I would win the game. That's all I needed was one wild or for him to be, you know, KO'd. One of those options. And I did one damage to Beast, no wild, and then I lost the game. That's not why I lost the game, but I would have won the game if I got the wild. You could just say it's because you lost the game. There's no, there's a series of decisions that lead up to that dice roll that i probably could have changed to make a better chance and he was a really good player so he made decisions too so lots of reasons why i lost that game but besides just got, dice if i got that yeah exactly besides just dice but if i got that wild like in those 15 dice that was rolling mm, i would have won the dice giveth the dice taketh away indeed yeah well, speaking back again to some rules changes, this time specifically around the league, and a little bit of it's going to be specifically for cuts. So uh, me and Sh- me and uh, me and Matthew have to have to sit out on this one, I guess, because we didn't get to make cuts. 
We're not part of the cool kids club. Uh, but the two that, that really stand out to me um, are, and I'm just kidding. You don't have to sit out. I'm not going to sit out. Uh, we know. Are time, <laughs> the time limitations in cuts this year. And then also the uh, decision to not have a bracket. These are both new things to the, the TTS league and the finals cuts. We, we introduced an overall round timer or the option for chess clocks. And typically we've always had uh, a bracketed system for cuts where you can see your pathway to victory. If you're in cuts or see what pathway your favorite, uh, your favorite player has to get through to make it to finals. So there's been seeding in previous seasons. See, I've never made cuts. So this is a new thing for me. Yes. There was always seeding. So you could see how, how many games you had to dodge Pat before you inevitably (laughs) ran headfirst into him. Uh, Right. And this year, uh, sort of last minute change that that was not the case. Uh, what do you guys? How did you guys feel about that? Uh, I'll start with you, Will, because I think you have the least amount of probably experience with the time. We talked about you not being quite as competitive. How did time affect you, and how does um, how did you feel about the the chess clock specifically? Uh, well, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't really feel too pressured by it. Like if you go back and watch that game on Twitch, it it shows that I was really low on clock by the time the game ended. And it was one of those things where I've played in enough real life tournaments to where clock pressure is not something that I feel too hard on. The only problem I have as convocation is that it's just, it's a very, decision intensive faction right like there's very few like easy mode decisions that i get to make like and i'm not saying that that there's other factions in the game that have easy mode per se or that are easy mode or whatever it's all tough decisions but i feel like it's just so hard sometimes to like project out okay am i going to have enough power with strange to teleport himself and then two other people I've got to make sure I do this right or else I'm going to be totally screwed kind of decisions. Right. And, and so, you know, with that, it, I still didn't really feel any pressure from the clock though, just because I knew an hour and 25 minutes was more than enough time for me to play my game more than enough time. I had some lag issues in that, in that game, but seriously, that is more than enough time to get, potentially even two games of MCPN if you play the whole three hours that is allotted, right? So like, you know, the the way the clocks work, each player gets an hour and 25 minutes, and then there's a three-hour overall timer, and the clock for each player stops during like cleanup phase, power phase, stuff like that. So it was, it was not... I didn't feel the pressure of the clock. It was just plain and simple. I'm gonna... It's... And I've I've heard interviews that other people have done where they've said that the clock affected them in their first round matchup, like they were just trying to play fast the whole time, and then when they ended the game, they still had 45 minutes left on their clock. And for me, it's like I know I've got this huge bank of time, so I don't need I just I didn't fret over it. And like if I'd have gotten to the end of the game and I ran out of clock, well then that'd have been a lesson learned. Play a little faster here and there. 
but it just I don't know. It, I, I think the clock is ultimately a good thing because nobody wants to see another Titanic-esque marathon, uh, <laughs> especially in a cuts game. Uh, you, like you want people to make the best decisions and you want people to be thoughtful in their decisions, but you also want to move the thing along. It is a game. It is meant to be fun. And it's and as someone who does content for it, it's meant to be fun for the people watching it too. So sitting there and, and waffling over every decision is not fun for people most of the time. So so yeah. in terms of that, like I think the clock is is very reasonable. And also, I I agree with Will on that. And also, it's it's supposed to be superhero, you know, battles. So superhero battles don't take like five hours of them like plotting out every single thing and going second guessing, going back and forth of what decision I'm going to make. You know that they move fast and they should move fast. And I think that you know Will came in with the right mentality. And for the people who felt rushed, I think that there's a bit of, um, you know, experience that goes into it. Like you did it once and you felt rushed, but then you realized, oh, I have 45 minutes left on my clock. I didn't need to be rushed. It's got kind of that like playoff mentality of you've been here before. So I feel more comfortable being in it again. So I think overall the clocks were a really good decision. Yeah. Yeah. And. I, I do want to interject. I know you asked me about clocks, but in terms of the bracket thing, I would have personally loved to have seen a bracket. Like, I don't mind random pairings. I, I, you know, I got paired up against Barncat. It's fine, whatever. But I think, like, a bracket in cuts is just interesting. You know what I mean? And, like, someone like me who, when you look at the total of the central there, you know, I wasn't at the bottom of the central, and and I would have loved to have seen who I got matched up against. You know what I mean? Like, because I think that kind of thing is fun. I mean, brackets just a bracket is just more interesting. It's more interesting. There's it, it makes it easier for logistics. It doesn't. I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of the bracket change, the non bracket change. I think that brackets make things just overall easier. It makes it more interesting to follow. And it doesn't really solve much of the problems of trying to create that like tournament esque atmosphere of you not knowing who you're going to face. But we're still getting your you're still getting your rounds drawn, you know, on Sunday or Monday, and then having almost a week to plan for that. So it's not a tournament atmosphere anyway. So just bend into it and have some fun. I like the I like the bracket. Pro yeah. bracket. Pro bracket. Sooner, what are your bracket and clock thoughts? Uh, I think that. I mean, the clock is a, pretty much a non-issue. Um, I mean, they've given so much time that, I mean, you got to be, I mean, it would have to go like round six to seven for someone to really struggle with time, um, which I guess is possible. Um, I mean, me and Morgan last last season played a round seven game um, in that top, top four game. So we would have gone to clock. One of us would have gone to clock there. Um, but I mean, for the most part, an hour and 15 minutes is a plenty of time to get a game of MCP in. Um, so an hour and 15 on both, both parties. Uh, so, I mean, I think the clock's pretty much a non-issue. Um, as for the brackets, uh, you know, I don't mind the way it is and how they do, um, the random pairing. Um, that's what I'm used to in War Machine. Um, in War Machine, you know, if you made top cuts, it was random pairing. They didn't have brackets. Um, the only one that had a bracket was War Machine Weekend, uh, which was fun. So, you know, I don't mind the random 
top cut if they that's the way they want to do it. But I do agree uh, with you guys that the brackets are probably a little more fun. Uh, they're a little more engaging to the community because people then go in and try to pick the brackets and, and who you know who's going to win and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I think they're more engaging. They're more fun. Um, I will say for the admins, it's easier just to do the random. Um, it's less work probably for them and, and at the, the front end. Um, so, I mean, it does make it a little easier for them. Not just probably. <laughs> First hand <Yeah>. experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It makes it a lot easier for them. So I, I'm fine either way. Uh, I, de- I definitely see the pros that a bracket brings and I, I think the bracket's cool. Uh, I'm a big sports guy. I grew up playing sports. And so I love brackets. I mean, that's that brackets are in sports. Um, so, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. But uh, if they if they go to the, the random one, it is what it is. The only thing I do not like about the random one is I don't like that you can play somebody from your own region in round one. Um, that mm-hmm. kind of it's just kind of a feels bad. Um, but I mean, outside of that, that's my thoughts. Yeah. So. We mentioned time feeling very lenient. Now, obviously, we're talking for TTS. Uh, I'll, I'll speak a little bit as one of the organizers. We definitely wanted to give a lot of time for people to make decisions and not feel the time pressure as much, uh, especially with TTS being kind of wonky and things happening in TTS. You know, much different environment and speed-wise than tabletop or real tabletop. Um, do you both feel... at after having played, you know, playing games in this environment, is an hour and 15 a good time? Or would you want to see less time for even faster games? Now, in real life, I think fast, I think lower time will be, would be a given because of the real life time constraints of working at an event and needing to get your rounds done in a certain amount of time to make rounds happen. Uh, TTS, we have more wiggle room. So what, what do you guys think about that? I think like, I mean, I think in real life, a lot of people are doing, I can't remember what Nate did at Nashcon, but I mean, I've seen people do 45 minutes on, on each person's clock and that they say there's not really much problems getting it done. Um, I do think games are faster in real life than they are uh, on TTS, but uh, I mean, I think you could go an hour on TTS. You give each pay, uh, each person an hour and uh, you know go from there what about you will you know i think that in real life i would i would really like to see chess clocks you know because i i played guild ball you know and that was a chess clocks 45 minutes each it's in the rule book you know that that's how that works and i i think 45 minutes is tight actually for each player i think that something like 50 to 55 minutes. I know that's only five, 10 minutes difference, but I think that it really makes, makes it better. But at a real life event, there's so many other factors that come into play. You know, people are traveling, people have to decide, you know, if it, if you know going in that it's going to be a two day event, like NashCon, sure. You can make plans and say, well, we're going to have two hour rounds and you're going to have 15 minutes to set up and then hour 45 each or, or not each, but an hour 45 to play your match. No chess clocks, nothing like that. And not that it's something that I 
personally have experienced in a live MCP event. But I mean, it's really easy for someone to be up, see their opponent's victory condition, and then start slow playing. Not that, again, I haven't seen that happen. I don't think that that has happened with any discernible thing, but especially as you get into the upper echelon of competitive environment in these things, it could happen. And I think that that's why having a chess clock system and each person having their own time instead of just a total round timer is good in real life. But maybe that's not the discussion point in terms of TTS, having the timer in TTS and everything. I think hour and is it hour 25 or hour 15 for the cuts? I believe it was an hour 15. Hour 15. I think that's more than enough time. I think that you, you, I think you could even do an hour for each player in TTS and it's fine. I'm, I'm glad that extra time is baked in there because like you said, TTS can be wonky as I can attest to because in my cuts game, I had this weird lag thing where it was, I've never seen TTS be so laggy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know why that was, but uh, Dizzard was watching and he was like, look, I'm going to give you five extra minutes because of the technical difficulties. I'm like, I appreciate that. Obviously didn't need it. But, um, you know, for stuff like that in TTS, I'm glad that the timer was what it was. Right. Yeah, definitely this year being longer is good. You know, let people figure it out. Uh, that's probably something that we're going to ask in our in our survey at the end of the at the end of the the league because we always do that uh now matthew have you you're an accuser so you judge games have you judged any of the top cut games yet i've judged two of them how has the time felt for you as a judge so my first game that i judged um the two players were very unaccustomed to time and i most of my most of my work as an accuser was telling them to change their clocks so that so they were being on time and I think that there was a bit of nerves on the players. One of them was making a lot of, um, a lot of uh, subpar decisions, and I think that he was feeling a little rushed on the clock because he wasn't used to it. Right. And I think that he was a, a great player in what he has done, and I hope that he takes he took takes away from it and realizes because he ended up with like fifty minutes on the clock when the game was over, and. So to realize he's got plenty of time, he doesn't need to doesn't need to stress himself out about it. For the second game, it was the clocks were were a non-issue. Uh, the game played as the game played; it was not a factor. Everyone everyone clicked their clocks over really well. It was pretty smooth. And I yeah. think it's worth worth mentioning that you know most most of the time if you're going to go to clock. That means that it's a very close, tight game, and it's on a scenario that's usually low scoring. And so you're going to round six, usually. Um, Majority of MCP games are over round three or round four. So the vast majority of games are over. So this is like a very few amount of games, just in general, that go to that round six. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. This show wouldn't be possible without the members of the Guild Hall and our sponsors Tritex Games, based in the EU, and War Room Hobbies, based here in Tennessee. Both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities. So if you are shopping online, please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon 
And to help beat those prices, I have some codes that will save you even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off from Tritex's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And if you already are shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. Let's not get hung up too much on time. We've got a few listener questions I want to go through before we close out today. Uh, The first one isn't a listener question. It's uh, an exiled host question. Kenny G, who was not invited to this roundtable, decided to stick his nose in it anyway. And ask us, any major surprises we saw in the overall meta this season? And does the top cut look like you expected? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I think that um, there are some big surprises this season. Um, I know personally, uh, I don't think Black Cat was quite the menace that I thought she was going to be. Um, I played some pickup games prior to this season and felt, and she was in every one of them. And I felt uh, pretty negative about her. And I think, you know, as the season went on, that just kind of proved that my feelings were, were not really justified. I don't think she was the, the menace that I did think she was. Um, don't say that too loud around Will. <laughs> well, Whoa, I hey. mean, yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> I think she wasn't that bad. Um, the other thing is, I don't think anybody, and I mean anybody, thought Brotherhood was going to do what Brotherhood did. No, um, I, that. I mean, that was the shock of the season. I mean, for them to be, A, the most played affiliation, and B, have the highest winning percentage, um, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. No. And for context, uh, Will has staunchly said, since the start of the league, Black Cat is not broken. Everyone's just whiny. Oh, uh, hey, you're adding a little. Paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah, you're adding uh, a little something there. <laughs> and now, uh, now it seems like his uh, prediction has come true. It's confirmed. Sooner said, said it, it's law. True. Well, I, I, I will say with, with Black Cat, I played a lot of Black Cat, and uh, every time I played Black Cat, it, people were very unhappy about it. <laughs> I think that's because, and, and this goes to my preseason games, a couple of the games I played were against Avengers. And I think that is where Black Cat is a problem. Um, you know, Steve's leadership with Advanced R&D, her being able to do that turn one is a massive issue, I think. Um, so I do think that is where it is a problem. But outside of Avengers, I don't really think it's much of an issue. And that's kind of where where my general consensus is overall. Like problem, uh, you know, it's maybe a little more than what I would go with, but I, I think it's more of just like she's she's extra good there, but in general balanced in in the context of the overall game, balanced. This is kind of how I feel about it. The only thing that's unbalanced about Black Cat is that she's not affiliated with Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> no that's good that's a good thing 
<laughs> Let's keep it that way. Nah. <laughs> Lean into it. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos reigns. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with what's what, what, about Brotherhood being surprising. Like, I expected to see a lot of Criminal Syndicate, uh, Black Order in the finals. Um, Web Warriors was another one that everyone was really scared of. And Avengers to an extent, but... And they, they were represented, but I felt like they got pushed out a little bit by all the Brotherhood. Yeah. It was a little I, surprising. I think the my big surprise was how little... Uh, Avengers there there was I think part of it is that a lot of the people who were interested in Avengers kind of scooted off to people like Guardians but um, I, 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 I did expect more Avengers to be present and just didn't really just didn't really happen for them this season for, for me it's the volume of Guardians in the cuts like I, I think we knew Guardians was going to be good after the 1.5 update. It's not officially called that. That's just what we call it, I guess. But I am shocked at just how well overall they've done. And, you know, credit to the people that are piloting them too, because, you know, they're, they're definitely, there's a lot going on with them. And I think that it's, it's just really cool to see what was arguably the quote-unquote worst affiliation and the worst leadership now with high representation in the cuts. I think that that's just cool. Definitely a big shift. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, that's the power of a power of errata, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Working as intended. It's it. I also am very shocked to see a lack of... Uh, criminal syndicate because that was one that i was very afraid of overall before the season started i thought they were in a really strong position in a lot of ways like juggernaut not being affiliated is probably a really good thing but uh ultimately i'm i'm surprised that there wasn't more representation there and then kind of lastly like you mentioned black order i'm definitely surprised there's not a lot of black order but at the same time there is a ridiculous amount of thanos in cuts yes See, I, I see. I'm not surprised about the the criminal syndicate one. I is mostly because is I've said this many times. I criminal syndicate is really really good, and in the beginning of the season, they were just stomping everybody. And but I felt like, well, let's see what happens when they get past that initial wave when they start getting into the cuts because. It's all well and good to go up against somebody who hasn't really teched their list to criminal syndicate, doesn't know what to do with criminal syndicate, and then suddenly they just they just wipe they just wipe them off the board. But then when you get to the higher levels and when you get into cuts, people have people know how to handle that. And yeah. when that happens, you basically are in that situation where criminal syndicate was like a 50-50 coin flip. Do I get priority? Do I not get priority? Because I don't really have another game plan if I don't get what I need crisis wise. And even then people were starting to find out ways to deal with them, even if they get what they wanted. And I think that's the result that happened. I don't think that criminal syndicate is bad, but you know, they don't hold up to people who are prepared. It's just kind of the same thing with black order. If people are prepared against them, that then it's harder for them to win. It's not like it's an auto lose, but it, it doesn't their game plan, which they only have one game plan 
is being reduced and that makes it harder for them to win. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I agree. I agree with the um, the experienced players are going to deal with criminal syndicate much, much better than um, your inexperienced players. Um, I was very disappointed, actually. I never played criminal syndicate. Uh, my list was tech to absolutely rip them to shreds, and uh, I'd never saw them. But uh, I mean, I, I think it is worth saying, although we're saying there is there's no criminal syndicate left. There were quite a bit that made top cuts playing. I mean, I think there were four, maybe five criminal syndicates that made top cuts. So it wasn't as if they didn't have a very, very strong showing and a strong representation. Mm -hmm. They just didn't do very good in top cuts, which, I mean, now there's only four affiliations left out of, what, 16, 17 affiliations. So it's it's not surprising that they, they didn't necessarily make it. Right. Yeah, it, it was just for at the early talks of the of the season were so criminal syndicates a boogeyman kind of thing. Specifically, it's just it, it's very interesting to see them, you know, not go the distance. But of course, it's in cuts for this for this league that anything can happen. Like like yeah. you said, once you, it's a much different monster to play against people who are teching for it, you know. And they've had six weeks to to find game plans for it um so you know watching other people play them and talking to people who are playing with them and against them you're able to come up with a strategy uh, that you can carry into the top cuts and be a lot more focused than you are in the in the big overall league where you kind of have to have bring a list that's a bit of an all-comer list because you never know what you might be seeing Mm -hmm. in your next game that's why you got a dark horse wakanda baby heck yeah (laughs) I still think Wakanda is one of the best. I can't believe people don't talk about it anymore. So good. Well, let's, let's get a little bit of salt in here. I feel like there's not been enough salt in this podcast. (laughs) You want to talk about legacy virus? We can talk about legacy virus. virus. We're going to talk about some. I thought you wanted some salt because I'll give you some salt. We'll talk about legacy virus. Oh, trust me. I could bring in some salt. Uh, This is from control salt, delete Ron T from uh, House Party Protocol Discord and Sandbox from the Gamers Guild Discord. Uh, they both asked a similar question. Uh, I've kind of amalgamized them into a single question. And what do we think grunts, what kind of impact do we think grunts will have on the next season? They weren't allowed in season seven's cuts. Uh, even though all the rules came out, uh, we decided that it were too much of a big change to be allowed right, right at the last minute literally like a couple days or something before lists were due, something like that. But they will be in season eight. What do we think about that? And let's not keep it doom and gloom too much. Let's not get too salty. Uh, Grunts are fine. Nothing to see here. Move along. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't speak. <laughs> I, did, I did just play sooner with shield grunts like a day ago. It was, it did not make him happy. I will chalk it up to too early to tell for you two. What about you, Will? Oh, man. Is this the wrong question to ask this group? No, look, 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 look. I, I don't think grunts are going to have some massive impact on the overall meta discussion of the game. I think we're going to see a discussion around grunts 
like we saw with Black Cat and Voodoo before this season started. Boogie people that are that you you have to have some kind of an idea of what to do with them. Like the thing about Black Cat and Voodoo, you don't really have to tech specifically for them. Like I know before the season started, everybody's like, "Oh, put Mark for Death in your list because Black Cats are coming." And I think as the season went along, everybody's like, eh, you don't really need that. So I'm sure that a similar kind of thing is going to happen for next season. I don't think they're going to be the boogie people. They're going to they're gonna be labeled as the boogie people, probably. And like, look, the, the thing about Nick Fury and his shield grunts, it's not the shield affiliation. Like, yeah, the reposition, turn one herbs, yada, yada. Cool. You know, that's that's something you have to account for if you're playing against shield, but overall I think it's more about the splash ability of those characters than it is about those characters in their own affiliations. And that goes for Shadowland, Daredevil and Elektra too. Uh, not so much Elektra, I guess, but. It, oh, watch out about, for Elektra, Elektra and convocation. Ooh, that is a lot of fun. You know, everybody keeps telling me that and I haven't put it on the table yet, but I'm, you, you I'm going to try it. it now. You got to do it. It is. Oh, it's, it, she is, that is her home. Everything that I have a problem with Electra, Convocation solves. Interesting. Well, we're going to have to have this discussion because I, I I look at her and I'm like, I mean, okay. I mean, the re-roll. All right. We, we can't talk about it right now. Uh, <laughs> next epi- it, ne- next time on House Party Protocol. <laughs> right. For real. Uh, but um, in general, though, like, I, I'm just, I'm very underwhelmed by the grunt mechanic in general. I mean, look, I... I I generally lavish praise upon AMG. I do not think grunts are good for a game predicated on superhero battles. I I get it. I get that Nick Fury is intrinsically tied to his band of misfits. Or, like I get that, <laughs> but I just kind of hate it in this game a little bit. And like, there's just I just kind of you know. Yeah, so like, I think they're going to be fun, ultimately. I think they'll be fine. I don't think there's anything to really, truly, you know, keep you up at night about them in terms of like what you're going to see on the tabletop. But like, I just, I just, I'm not excited in general for them as a mechanic, but I understand why they're here. I think to to bring a another potentially level-headed, uh, perspective i think that and when i say grunts I, I agree a bit about the grunt mechanic concept but i mostly talk about with nick fury and i think that next season he is going to be immensely splashable and he's going to be in a ton of lists and if you don't have a plan for what he's going to bring to your list and that plan could just be bring Mystique, honestly. You just bring Mystique, and that counters most of what Fury's doing. But if you don't have a plan, then you could get a very feels-bad game happening to you. It's one of those... It's just one of those... He's going to do his thing, and if you didn't, if you don't bring the tech for it, it could be bad for you. Um, I don't... Th- I, But I also think that there's a strong possibility they could go the same route as what we were talking earlier in this podcast which is when people who do know what they're doing and can tech their list appropriately and put in that tactics card or that character who can stop what they're doing then their win percentage is going to drop 
significantly. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give my prediction of what I think is going to happen. We've I coaxed don't, it out. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to see a ton of S.H.I.E.L.D. being played because I don't think S.H.I.E.L.D.'s that popular of an affiliation. I don't think, you know. No, definitely uh, not. Yeah, I think that it's kind of like the Wakanda problem, right? Wakanda is a great affiliation. They're just not popular. People don't play them unless you live in Australia. So <laughs> I, I don't think S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be overly popular. I do think this. I do think if you are a very experienced, good player, and you want to just kick the shit out of people, you will play S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think that this is the closest thing that we have had to hired muscle. And I think that if you make a dual affiliation roster with S.H.I.E.L.D. and another strong affiliation that can play without Pryo, then I think that when you win Pryo and you have the right extracts, I think it's going to be extremely hard to beat. I can already tell you all the tech I could put in a list very easily to give myself a four to one advantage on extracts turn one. If you have a four to one advantage and you sit on your extracts and you have prio, that means all you have to do basically the rest of the game is run away. Literally. And you win the game. Um, So I I think it's a problem. I think that the playtesters unfortunately miss some things. I have heard in the grapevine that they completely missed the herb play. They didn't even realize it. Um, and that was a mistake. Um, and I don't even think the herb play is the worst play. I think that uh, Spider Infected and, and some of these other ones like Cubes are an even worse play. I think the people that say, you know, oh, well, Nick Fury has to sit in the middle of the board, so you just kill Nick Fury. Well, guess what, guys? If I'm going to play this game plan, I'm not just going to let Nick Fury just sit there and get shot up. I'm going to bring stuff. That's going to counter that. I'm going to bring something like Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage. Or I'm going to bring something like Gwyn, Advanced R&D, stuff like that, who can help protect him. So you better one-shot him, or you better have an immense amount of control to kill him. And let me let me say another thing. Your board position is not going to be all that great if you're chasing chasing trying to kill this guy. And if you don't kill him, I think you're in a world of hurt. So I think it's bad for the game. I think it's as close to hired muscle as we can get. Uh, if you do two damage to Nick Fury on your first attack, he can reposition away. Um, he can eye in the sky away when you give him power. Like I said, you can heroes for hire Nick Fury. I mean, there's so many ways to keep him alive. Um, it's just, uh, I think it's bad. And I think it's only going to happen with very good experienced player that want to exploit that. And I think you'll see that majority of the good experienced players will not do that. But uh, I think it's super abusable if they want it to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely think that given how much there is to talk about it, that's probably something we should address in our own episodes going into season season eight. Uh, Maybe to kind of help people... uh, tech and prepare for these plays what do you think yeah i think that's a great uh a great thing and and i hope i'm wrong i hope it's it's nothing and you know um again and i will say this I, I think it is predicated on them getting priority 
Um, if they don't win priority, the play is is not very strong. And Shield, I think, as an overall affiliation, is not that strong. So I think you have to do affiliate. So if you do not win priority, um, but if you do win priority, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Well, while you brought a lot of good points, I think I will have to default to Will's position of they're not a big deal because he was right about Dr. Voodoo and Cat. Uh, Dr. Voodoo was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Oh, he was. Dr. Voodoo. Dr. Voodoo was. Or not Dr. Voodoo. Cat. Just Cat. Just Cat. Sorry. I mean, y'all can be wrong. It's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say Will was correct. Black Cat and Avengers. It works. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, let's get to our last question of the evening. This is going to be uh, a lot less salty, I assure you. Uh, this one comes from Mithrandir. Uh, I'm going to summarize a little bit. This is a pretty long question. TTS has a different approach to preparing for a game than in real life tournaments, especially as the rounds go on. Uh, preparation for both is half the fun of playing them. Which do you prefer and why? Also, is recognizing their differences an important subtext to any data evaluation conversation? whether it's TTS or Longshanks or whatever else. So do you prefer in real life or TTS is the first half of the question. And do you believe that that environment is important to preparation and conversation about those events? Well, before I just want a clarification for myself, are Uh we saying specifically TTS or specifically the league format? Um, I think in this, uh, I think this is probably referring to the TTS League in particular. Uh, like imagining it as an event, I think is is what he's getting at here. Like preparing for a TTS League that is competitive versus an in real life competitive event. I think yeah. is what he's getting at. Yeah, I, I guess I just meant like if we were taking, if you were going to have a league that had followed the same the same thing, but you were playing in real life. I just wanted to know if there's a difference between, is it specifically because it's on TTS or specifically as opposed to in real life, or just the fact that you have this week to prepare type of situation. I think that's a big part of it. And maybe the idea of, I know some people think the idea of uh, having everything available without any like monetary input is a big part of what makes the leagues work in their certain way. The, the open access and then also, like you said, you know, things being spread out over multiple weeks as opposed to, you know, getting everything in one day. So a little bit of a multi-layered thing. You mind if I take this one first? Go ahead. So I'm with Mithrandir here in that it's really fun to prep for each one. I definitely think it's different because going into a TTS season and especially like for me, right? Like it's like, I'm making a concerted effort to be competitive. There's hundreds of people that play TTS. Not all of them have that mindset. Not all of them have the mindset of I'm making cuts. A lot of them are like what I've done before. I'm trying something new. I literally tried something new every season until this season when I brought back convocation and I'm bringing it back next season. Cause I'm, I'm just enjoying them. And I think that, a lot of times you can look at TTS as like a proving grounds, a testing grounds, uh, something like that. Right. And the TTS league, I really enjoy the prep work that I put in for that. 
whether I was being competitive or not. I, I think it was a lot of fun to try to like theory craft and do that kind of stuff. Now, if I'm preparing for a real life event, like we've got uh, NashCon in August, we've got a tournament coming up here locally in June. Uh, there's other little little things that I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to make a list that can play the game I want to play and impose my will on my opponent as much as possible. So it's a little bit of a different list building experience. And it's also kind of how I started to try to think about the list uh, when I was changing things going into the cuts part of the season of trying to like, okay, I'm really making a hardcore competitive thing and trying to do everything I can and set myself up for the most successful opportunity I can have. And when you're, when you're trying to think about what you're going to see in a real life event, you know, I have no idea what the Nashville meta is. I know what the Memphis meta is. I know if I go to an event here in Memphis and three quarters of the players are from here, I know what to expect. I know more or less what to tech for and then have kind of my own little things. But if I'm going to something like NashCon, I've got to be able to cover my bases while also playing my game. And so it creates a really interesting kind of way to look at the game and look at how you have to prepare and preparing for a TTS season is a lot more laid back. You have a lot more time. And then in between each individual matchup, I mean, there's a week. So if I was able to play my match on Monday and then my next match, let's say it doesn't get scheduled till the following Friday, that's almost two weeks between me playing and all in between that, I've got friends that I can call up and be like, Hey, let me run into uh, brotherhood. Let me run into CS. You know, do you mind playing, uh, whatever affiliation that I might be going up against next. And, and you're able to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit more. Whereas when you're at a live event, you have just got to be prepared to play your game. And you're like kind of to harken back what we talked about before. Your decision-making on the tabletop, especially as you get further along in an event, has to be impeccable because you don't know what you're going to see next. You, you know, I, I have no idea if I'm going to run into Midnight Suns or if I'm going to run into Wakanda or if I'm going to run into Dark Dimension, you know. So I, I just, I find that two things very different, but very exciting for different reasons. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you brought up a good point uh, with like local meta stuff. Like locally, I know, like you talk about, you know what your players are playing when you travel, you're not going to know that as much. I feel like for me, Losing my train of thought is a natural state of being. Uh, and I'm going to let someone else pick this up <laughs> because I completely lost. Whatever. That train left the station and uh, went into a tunnel. And I lost my, my connection to it. So when I, um, I have, I haven't had a lot of uh, experience with uh, MCP specific events um, outside of TTS uh, or the league. Um, mostly due to, you know, my life situation, but I've played a lot of X-Wing and I did a lot of X-Wing events and I traveled and went to cons for X-Wing and, and also done leagues in X-Wing. And there's definitely that feel of when you play your local meta, you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to play this person. I know what people are going to bring. I know what, 
you know, you, you jibber jabber with each other and you talk about stuff and you, you kind of know what everyone's kind of vying for. And, but when you go to a con, you kind of have to just take a guess at what the meta is going to be, pick a list and make it work. And you have no preparation going into any of your matches. And there's a certain exhilaration and like adrenaline that you get when you're at that con going from match to match and you know, this worked or this didn't work. Okay. What can I do? Or I'm going to try to dodge this. Um, and a lot of times the people who do the best at those cons are the people who accurately guessed what that meta is going to be. And I, I also can't really say, I guess if I had to choose between going to a con and doing that kind of gameplay over the league, I think I do prefer the con. I like being able to go there and that atmosphere and that environment and going from game to game to game and feeling that momentum and that rush and talking with friends between for a little bit and going to lunches and all the other stuff that comes with it as opposed to TTS, which is like a whole bunch of agita. Agita. For it's like- a word. I looked it up. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of agita for like a week thinking about what could possibly happen and then like the day the the day of the the game happens and I'm feeling a lot lots of stress cuz this is this is it. this is the game this is the game and then you play the game and then it's over and you're left with nothing but your sleep and yeah and then you go then you do it again for the next week and I enjoy it um but I do prefer the con atmosphere better I I definitely prefer con atmosphere too and like real life tournaments it's, it's so good to like go out and meet these for, for, for me, I'll, I'll speak for me here. Uh, you know, playing on TTS and having all these people that I talked to for, for, you know, in some case, a couple years or so, or, or a little bit sooner, depending on uh, exactly when I met them in real life. Uh, it was really fun to be able to meet them in real life. So like the first event back after uh, the shutdowns and COVID up in, nashville that that nate our overlord uh the people's champion breaker of chains uh incredibly famous he uh put on uh my my friend and i went up there and uh competed and i was the first time i got to meet nate and that was a really fun experience and will uh i my first impression of will is it will probably be my favorite impression of anyone which was uh coming in fashionably late to round one uh, and having to play with the guy that you rode in with because everyone else had their ground. And it yeah. was very funny because as soon as you walked in, I heard you talk. I'm like, that's Will. That's him. And I tried to con it because I was like, he probably won't know who I am. He, he probably will recognize if I, if I refer to myself as Merzane or Josh, he might catch on. But if I just get matched with him, he might not notice. So I try, I was, I tried to be like, Hey, Nate, I'll, you know, we haven't started yet. You can just match. We can just match with those two. I remember that. <laughs> to try to try to calm my way into playing and see how long it took you to notice. <laughs> it would have taken me literally until you were like, Oh, by the way, I'm Josh. I'm Rosane. I would have been like, Oh, it, literally I would, I, just, I am dense. You have no idea. I'd have probably just said Josh. Yeah. I'm Josh. I come from Birmingham. Or I'm from <laughs> I Alabama. Maybe, <laughs> um, but then also like NashCon was an absolute blast seeing even more people from like TTS like Sooner and uh, some of the Danger Room cast 
the person um, that asked this question, Mithrandir. I mean, Mithrandir, you know. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I still think my favorite like online person that talked to me was uh when we we were bringing stuff in. The very first person who walked into the con hall that wasn't us setting up. Um, I was sitting with our stuff, sleeving Yu-Gi-Oh cards. The most random thing I could be doing at a minis con. <laughs> and uh, Mike DeLuca walks up and goes, "Are you Merzane?" I'm like, "Yeah." Well, who are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm Mike. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry. I'm playing with a different game right now. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, like like you said, Matthew, like all the, all the lunches and stuff and going and hanging out and like discussing stuff. And like I got uh, tons of people hooked on Unmatched uh, at NashCon. That's that's the real fun stuff. The game is great. So the league is fun and meeting people from around the world in TTS is fantastic. You know, uh, getting to play with people in Australia and Europe, like that's crazy to me because I'm just used to playing with people in America, typically in the Southeast. Uh, but it's definitely a completely different experience when you get to like actually look into their eyeballs and have a conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think 99% of people would, uh, prefer inner life and in, in conventions. Um, so, I mean, the best part is to go, you know, have dinner with your buddies, have drinks with your buddies and, you know, make new friends and put names to faces. So I think most people uh, uh, would go ahead and agree with that. Um, I like TTS. I do think TTS is a little bit advantage to experienced players. Um, not like an enormous advantage, but um, they're going to be able to look at a list and prep. Even if they barely do prep, they're, they're going to be able to probably do it more effectively uh, the more experience you have than, you know, people who first time or second time playing in the league. Um, I don't think it's a huge issue, but I, I do think that is probably a slight advantage uh, to more experienced players. Um, what I do really like about the TTS League is, uh, like you said, you know, connecting people internationally and uh in my mind i mean there's no doubt in my mind that tts is the premier competitive event um you know i think going to cons is extremely hard and it is uh great and it's challenging and worthwhile uh but winning you know a tts league where there's 250 players or 200 players uh and we all know that majority of those players or majority of the super competitive players play in it and uh, having to not only go through your region, but then go through top cuts and win it. Uh, I just, I think it's kind of the, the quote unquote world championships or premier competitive events uh, in Marvel crisis protocol. So I, I really enjoy that aspect of it, of trying to, you know, come on top of such a competitive event. Definitely. Speaking as the only one of us to have once come up, out on top of that competitive event. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm looking for that second one, man. I've gotten a couple thirds, but uh, since would, would you be the first two time champion? No, no that's Pat. 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 Oh, Pat, that's Pat. Sorry, sorry. Pat Dumford is uh, uh, he won a couple already. So both Sooner and Morgan are go trying to go for their second. Yeah, me and Morgan are both in our, in the top eight still, and we're both looking for our second. So, I mean, it's just so hard to do, right? Like, I mean, poor Morgan. The guy's got, I mean, like, 
a first, but then he's also got like what two seconds and a, a third or something like that. Goodness. So I think if there's any two players, I would Morgan broke out of this. If there was any two players before season six, I would have attributed to always the bridesmaid, never the bride in terms of TTS cuts. It would have been Morgan and Sploosh because they both had two or three t- uh, uh, second place outings right there. Uh, Morgan broke out. Um, I think Sploosh is out of it this this time, but he's always a contender for winning the whole thing, I believe. Yeah, definitely. He's a very good player. Green. Uh, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. We've run a little long, which is fine. Uh, I'm going to have to put in a little note somewhere for uh, the sponsorship stuff. Uh, does anyone have any closing thoughts? We... Thanks for having me on. Heck yeah, man. And where can people find you? Uh, people can find me over at House Party Protocol. It's a podcast, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, we do, obviously, the TTS competitive stuff. We also do very casual stuff. I'd say mostly focused more towards the uh, casual crowd, character reviews, strategy talk, you know, just general what to expect when you're at the tabletop kind of stuff uh you know it's a good time i have a good time it's a it's a good energy over there and we have a have a lot of fun and yeah and then i'm just various other places people invite me to do things these days and so i just pop pop around here and there hey i just get to talk to people i like to do that anyway exactly and does anyone else have any closing remarks before we uh close this out no, I think I'm good. I think you're yeah, good. It's been a great season. Um, I'm, even though I didn't make cut, loved doing it. Loved all my games, except Legacy Cures. And uh, other than that, it's been it's been great. I can't wait for the next one. Same. And I think we're going to have to try to convince our other two castmates to join next season for an even bigger roundtable discussion at the end of the season. Then, it will, could... then it will finally be a roundtable. Yes. You think with six people we can make it look around? I think so. From a distance. So. Yeah, with enough distance. Maybe if you take your glasses off. Yeah, squint, squint a little, a little. bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining in this uh, colossal endeavor. Uh, hope to see y'all soon uh, in various ways. Like I'll see Will in the new in the next Nashville event, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Matthew and Sooner probably in the next episode, if only ethereally and through the Internet. And until next time, keep on gaming.